Hello, hello, hello. 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 Well, I can tell that you have CFL lights in here. Yeah? What's that? This is a spectroscope. Spectroscope. Ooh. Yeah. That is hot shit. And if you look at, let's say, I think if you look at my LED here, you might see a full spectrum. It's a lot smoother. Yeah. There's a lot more green. If you look at like a, a plain old incandescent light, you get a full spectrum because it's just uh-huh. just black body radiation. In general. That is wild. Yeah. Ten bucks. Huh. And all this is a diffraction grading mm-hmm. out of <laughs> Jeff is looking at his cell phone now. Probably should be the whole thing, because yeah, uh, LEDs, good. Yeah, good. circular polarize on, on those guys, mm-hmm. so if you're wearing sunglasses, they won't go dim. Not on this, of course. <laughs> Not on the laptop. Yeah, on my Surface Book, it's polarized, where if you put in your sunglasses, you can't see a damn mm-hmm. thing. And I also got this. A big prism? A big glass prism. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I have a couple glass prisms that are... A little bit smaller. They're a lot shorter, but the circu- the you know, cross section is a little bit smaller. Came with a tiny little nick at the end. That jerk. Yeah. But I don't think that's that makes a big deal unless. So I'm not like using it for presentation or anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm not making my YouTube video about it or anything. So <laughs> the properties are there. Yep. <clears throat> You really need, like, sunlight to make it do anything. That's what I found with the ones I have. Uh, or some very bright and intense. It yeah. might work off those guys if, if you focus it. Yeah. I was pointing to Jeff's um, LED uh, illumination grid. Uh, so, let's see. A lot of stu- lots of stuff happened. Lots of stuff. Anything that you'd like to bring up? Um... Sure. Before I get into my spiels. Thanksgiving happened. Thanksgiving happened, yes. I only had one Thanksgiving this year instead of two. Uh, the Heather side of the family Thanksgiving happened while I was up at deer camp with my dad. Oh, you still doing that, huh? Yeah, we still have able to do it. So it was, uh, I had some enlightening moments with the, you know, crazy conservatives. Up at camp. Oh, they're still crazy and conservative? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course they are. Watched it, saw an interesting uh, news article today. Uh, a study out of Brandeis University says that uh, old people, particularly older people, are more likely to, uh, be- to think that something is true after they've lied about it. It just takes only like 45 minutes. <laughs> they actually... It it adjusts their brain into believing it's true. So yeah. So when I saw that, I sent it right to my sister, and I was like, mm. "Yeah." <laughs> the um, couple of my ins- I have some interesting insights from up there. Okay. So there are. Let me explain some of the people that I'm with here. There's the guy that owns the camp, and his son, and his son brings a couple friends, and they're all from up in Blendy Erie. Blend that because look at that. 
And they're from up in here. I did blendy blend it on the pour. Not good enough. Oh, if only I knew how to do this shit. <laughs> if only we had done this for, you know, 480 plus shows. Okay, so there's two groups of people, right? There's the people that are friends with my dad. Mm -hmm. And there's the people that are friends with the camp owner's son. And of the people that are friends with my dad, well, everyone is, is conservative, uh, except for me. So we're there like first or second night, and one of dad's friends, actually the guy that was my scoutmaster in my troop for my older years, uh, is that guy. And he started spotting off the same stuff about climate change he did last year, primarily the greenhouse gases. These heavy gases, these methanes and carbon dioxides, are heavy. How do they get up into the air? Why don't, you know, they all they should gather on the ground. Uh, water is heavy, and guess what? It evaporates. Yeah. That's all it is. Well, I'm like, okay, let's talk about the ideal gas law here. Right. Let's talk about diffusion. Guy I had dinner with tonight came up with the best thing. He's like, yeah, that's why no one can ever smell farts. <laughs> Right, I wish I had that one. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah but uh, I mean, my reaction is, yeah, water uh, water is heavier than air, yet it evaporates. So we and there's plenty of water vapor all around. And so clearly, right. there's something like look around you. I wasn't able to make a point on diffusion or anything like that, but what I did learn, the insight I did learn was that um, climate science is in the pocket of Al Gore in the carbon market. Right. Cause they have, t they have so much money. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like their money is anything comparable to the fossil fuel industry money. Oh, there's a tie in oh. later on, later on. I got a few things here. George but Soros. I'm, I'm sure. No, Soros didn't actually come up, but we'll get, we'll get back. It's weird and distracting me. What's that? Got a little piece of red felt in your head. And it's distracting. Oh, me. Sorry. The um, we'll get back around to fossil fuel industry here in a moment. Okay. Um, all right. So yeah, that was my first insight into science's bias to the people funding the research. Al Gore and big climate. Okay. Yes, big carbon I mean, swaps. Eventually, it may become big, and we'll deal with that when that happens. Right. So, but yeah. So we had that conversation, and. You know, I'm like the unpopular guy. My dad's trying to end the conversation. I, and I, you know, I had like five beers in. So I'm like ready, just having mm -hmm. fun with this. Mm -hmm. You know, previous years it was bite my lip, respect my elders. I'm like, this time when we started spewing out the same heavy, heavy gases shit as last, I'm like, hold on a second here. Yeah. And uh, so that, that ended that much. I mean, how did, how did they get into that? How does the conversation? Yeah, I just see, just spews. Like you didn't drive it towards this? No, no, he started. He just started. He started with it, yeah, yeah. Okay, then then he deserves yeah. to be. Yeah, I mean, and if not challenged, but just you know, so, be Socratic with yeah. him. Just ask questions. See right. see how far this goes. So I was, my dad's trailer sleeps too, and Kevin went up this year because it was first year he could get off of work. Um, so I was sleeping in the camp owner's trailer. The next morning. While we're getting ready, there's like no one else there. He's like, he, t he tells me, yeah, I, I think climate change is a thing. You know, so like, you know, he's like breaking from, which he wouldn't, he wouldn't chime in during the argument or mm -hmm. anything. He's, but, you know, what he said was, it was a mix of 
we don't have the technology to deal with it or we don't have the will to deal with it, right? So Wait, who is this can... who said this? This was the camp owner. Oh, the camp owner, not the guy. Not the guy. Yeah, no, no. It's but you know, in a group, they're all lockstep, you know. Mm. And you know Yeah, I, I understand that. So now he's giving me like, you know, like I'm his confessional. Like Right. So so that was a neat insight. <laughs> Several insights. Like, you know, yeah. You know, they, I, I don't know front. what you, you say to the guy. I mean, like, okay. I mean, like, you, you say, I'm not your priest. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, we talked about it. We talked about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he, he he doesn't argue for fun. So I didn't get in, mm-hmm. every, you know, argument or anything with that. Where the other guy argues for fun, I think. At least I was having fun. If, it, it, yeah, if, if you're both having fun, hey, I mean, we enjoy it. Yeah. Sparring when, when it happens yeah. sometimes. And we also get heated and then we cool off because we know. Right. That so happen. then my dad comes in uh, on another morning, a couple days later. And then, um, yeah, he mentioned about GM closing their plants. Mm. And I wish I had, I wish I had the data I had now when he said this, but, but, you know, he's like, oh, you know, you know Trump's, Trump's going to punish them <laughs> by taking away their EV credits, their electric vehicle credits. Mm. And first off, my dad's not political like that. He mm. heard that shit from Paul, and he was bored, so he wanted something to talk about, you know. And, um, and you know, meanwhile, I'm hearing this. I'm like, oh, wait, okay, so Trump imposed the steel tariff to, to ruin the profitability of GM, so now they have to close markets. And now he gets to cancel electric vehicle credits in the pocket of big coal, you know, in fossil fuels. <laughs> Yeah, but, yeah. Also, were they cheering that they were? They were then. Then the EV another person said, away? "Well, EV credits are just for rich people anyway." And I don't know. There's a bit of truth there, right? sure, but because the people that are are you know the, the poor who are buying used cars mm-hmm. aren't getting any kind of benefit from EV credits, right? Right. But you know, the other side is it's supposed to spur innovation. Mm-hmm. Right? And if your argument is that climate change isn't real and it's all fake, then I mean, EV credits would only. I'm I'm trying to trying to put put the logic together because I, I, I since it's not working in my head, that's not a good argument. But wouldn't it be some shit if the trade war was all a means to to get rid of EV credits? <laughs> it would be some shit. I I don't think that's it because I I think that the trade war is all just Trump having a big ego, mm-hmm. and and wanting to to um you know he 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 doesn't have any actual I mean, like he he has money but he it's all money he inherited and he doesn't other than branding he has no money and uh. And it's like he's trying to show, yeah, he's successful. Yeah, but how much dementia does that guy have right now? <laughs> a little or a lot? I don't know how you can qualify <laughs> the amount of dementia he has. Uh, but it is, on the spectrum of dementia, I would say it is above the standard, uh, above the mean. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, almost done with the whole Deer Camp story. The um, So, the... Camp owner's son, who brings his friends, they're like 34, 35. So a bit younger. They all live in Erie. They're, so they're pretty, they're pretty conservative. And one of the guys is a doctor. 
like a trauma doctor. Mm -hmm. And I had a really good talk with him one night. You know, we stayed up late. We stayed up till 11 o'clock. Now, this is when you're getting up at like 4.15. Sure, sure, sure. And spending like nine hours in the snow and woods, right? So, you know, people are kicking kicking off to bed at like 7.38 o'clock. And we were chatting. So he's a conservative, religious guy who's a doctor. And he mentioned, you know, you know, part of his struggle is, you know, he was told in college that he could never be a doctor because he doesn't believe in evolution. You know, and that, I just didn't have any good pick of fight there. I, I kind of, like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry someone told you that, you mm-hmm. know. Because it shouldn't be, it's not disqualifying. Mm-hmm. Now, I could argue with you about other things, but that shouldn't be disqualifying. The foundation of biology is evolution. Mm-hmm. Is it? Yeah. Is it the foundation? It is... Yeah. I mean, I would think the same thing, but when I stood back, I'm like, is it really the foundation? I mean, I, I can't be prepared to argue that. Yes. Okay. Yes, I would say that it is, yeah, it's the foundation. Yeah, so we were talking about a bunch of different things, but I actually changed his mind on something. Oh, okay. Now, it's it's going to be a kind of small and trivial thing. Start I, to start. But I changed his mind on something, and that is... We were talking about marijuana. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. And, you know, at the beginning, he was like, oh, marijuana is just another drug. I'm like, and the argument was, well, you know, we started, we were flushing it out. And the argue, what the argument came to was, uh, there's a cost on society for alcohol and tobacco. Uh-huh. And we've deemed that cost as acceptable. Is the cost on society for marijuana any worse? Right. And he's like, it, it's, it's not, you know, so now he's like rethinking whether... Marijuana is any worse than tobacco or alcohol. So I mean, that, that is that was my victory. That is a very good argument. Uh, I don't know any counters to that. It's not like I'm trying to argue yeah. the benefits of marijuana. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to say if these other two things are, yeah, a, a cost that we accept, a pleasure that we say is socially acceptable, marijuana fits right in that bucket. There's no argument that I can find. Gateway drug? Maybe. I don't no, know. The, the only argument I can think of that is sort of tangential is that you can't... We have tests for if somebody is too drunk to drive. We mm-hmm. don't necessarily have tests for if somebody is too high to drive. Although I think that they're getting close to something like Getting that. there. They don't have anything yeah. it's easy, as easy to right. administer, though. But you can still do a spot check and ask some questions. <laughs> if someone's too high... You'll know. Well, <laughs> oh, man. I mean, not everybody gets high like that. Play, play a Cheech and Chong clip and right. then like, see how hard they laugh. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some people just get angry when they get high. Like, everyone reacts differently. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, like, you'll be able to tell people a little more scattered shot and but you'll. The cool thing was he was starting to reason out that argument. Mm-hmm. And he's like thinking of the people that he sees in the ER, right? Sure, he's seen people in the ER for marijuana, but comparing that to alcohol, tobacco, and opioids, it's like nothing, right? right? So his experience with people having problems and overdosing or overdoing the the substances. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think I changed someone's mind cool. on, on a topic that I don't care about too much, mm-hmm. but, you know, it was more of just the academic part of the... Well, like I said, it's a good argument. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I argue pro-marijuana, I guess, now. 
so uh, we landed on Mars. Mm-hmm. With a pretty cool probe. A cool little So probe. there was a Veritasium video. I presume you saw this one? Uh, I don't... It was a short one that Derek did. And it was basically what he said is, you know, this is... It's not a rover. It's just a lander. Right. But it has a couple of devices on it. Mm-hmm. It has a seismometer. It has a drill that can drill five meters deep. Mm-hmm. As long as it doesn't hit rocks. As long as it doesn't hit, like... A large rock. It has the ability to move around smaller okay. rocks, from what right. I understand. But it doesn't. If it hits like if it hits a big rock mm-hmm. and there's no like moving. But you know, I think the main thing that's cool about this. I mean, cool on like a, you know, there's not a lot of pressure. Is this is just geologic science, right? This is not looking for life. This is, you know, it just is doing. It will tell us a lot more about what's under the topsoil mm-hmm. on Mars, which is kind of surprise. I mean. I didn't double check with the data of what humanity knows, but what Derek said was we really don't have a good idea on what the inside of Mars is like yet. Well, all of our assumptions are built on Earth and some, you know, studies from space of Mercury and Mars, mm-hmm. but nothing on the ground. Yeah, I mean, so, we assume that the core is solid since mm-hmm. there's no magnetic field, but apparently it's not a sure thing. Mm-hmm. So the seismometer is like crazy accurate. So Viking had a seismometer, but it wasn't placed on the surface. It was on the lander. It was on the lander. So it picked up all the buffeting from the winds. So it wasn't very useful, apparently. Uh, This one is going to be placed on the surface. Yeah, it it has a a little robotic arm to go and reach and like pull things. And it puts the thing down. And then it has like a, 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 what is it, a shield that goes on top of it. A windshield goes on top of it, yeah. yeah. So it shouldn't be buffeted by the wind. But it's so sensitive. It's like it can detect a, a seismic wave, like like half the diameter of a hydrogen atom or something like that. And Derek's like, I don't know how that works, but that sounds pretty cool. That, that's kind of what he said. I think it was half the diameter of a hydrogen atom. Half an angstrom. Wow. I think that's what he said. Um, <laughs> I just watched it last night. And then they have this thing that will drill down and it drops a temperature strip down. So it'll kind of see how the temperature changes through five meters of, of soil. And then it'll heat, it has heaters on it, and it'll see how like the adjacent temperature changes right. and stuff right. like that. Um, that will help with understanding a little bit of composition. But the, the size, I didn't get into the whole seismometer thing very clearly. You know, it will be able to detect like Mars quakes or meteor impacts. Mm hmm. But not just that they happened, but it uses all that seismology stuff to hear how the echoes are bouncing around inside the planet. Yeah, it's, it's inter- interesting because you'd think, well, you don't need multiple to detect where quakes are coming from. You do on Earth, Mars is smaller. So Mars Mars is a third the size. So when when these waves go through, they reflect more, and you can use right. that. But just like how... How light um, bends when it goes through the surfaces of water or glass. Mm-hmm. Sound waves bend when they go through different. Wait, well, strata. this is S and P waves with well different with strata of the planet. So when it hits the core, some will bounce off, some will go through. When it hits the crust mantle barrier, some mm-hmm. will bounce off, some will go through. So they'll be able to like map, you know, much better than what they have now. You know some of the structure inside of the planet with this tiny little seismometer that which just helps our theories of planet formation and all that stuff. Yeah, that's pretty cool. 
it's 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 a it's a cool little thing. I was happy to see it land, and um, I mean, well, landing on Mars is not a sure thing. No, land, Mars is is probably probably other than I mean, Venus, of course, because it's ridiculously boiling hot. So landing there is almost impossible. But landing on Mars is is the hardest non non super hot place to land in the solar system. Because it's ju- it has just enough atmosphere to matter, mm-hmm. not enough to to like to come down in parachutes just fine. Mm-hmm. You gotta you gotta skim the atmosphere to to burn off your your V. So you're going at like fifteen thousand kilometers an hour, and you're you you skim the atmosphere at a very very correct angle, something like twenty two or twenty three degrees. If you mm-hmm. if you don't nail that angle, you're skipping right off or you're burning up. Once you bleed off enough, enough, once you, you know, or you don't have, well, let's see, once you bleed off enough speed, you can put out a supersonic parachute, mm-hmm. then you're going to whip crack like a 12 G's or something like that to pull back all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Right. And, but that supersonic parachute is only going to get you down to about 500 kilometers an hour. Mm-hmm. Then it's not going to work. Then you're only, then you have 1% of the atmosphere of Earth, essentially. Mm-hmm. So now, it throws off its stuff, and then it goes in free fall for like a second or two, and it has to come down on rockets, mm-hmm. and just yeah. come right straight down. So, it's, I mean, there's problem. It's difficult to get to other places, right? It's hard to get to Mercury because you have to bleed off so much speed, momentum mm-hmm. uh, from Earth's um, frame of reference compared to Mercury's frame of reference. Well, from so. yeah, for its frame of reference, the right. From its orbital orbital velocity, really okay. is is. I, I use frame of reference because I was reading yeah. another story about the the extrasolar. How do you ever say it? The extrasolar comet thingy mm. that went through the Oumuamua. Oumuamua, yeah. And they were talking about um, they were using frames of reference to describe its trajectory ah. and stuff. Yeah, like no. That. I mean, so, frame of reference works. It's just yeah. the, the 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 issue is is velocity. Of Mercury has more tangential velocity, but it's closer to the sun. You have to peel off delta v. Mm-hmm. In, in orbital mechanics is weird. You have to peel. You have to slow down to get in. Yeah, and it, it's. <laughs> well, it takes a long time to get to Mercury. It mm-hmm. takes like a year and a half. Because and they had they, 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 to go around the sun so yeah. like so many times. I mean, you can fly by Mercury mm-hmm. if the trajectory is right, right. but sure. and th- that's the thing is like in order to get to Mars, we'd only do it every two years because that's when you have the closest direct route to Mars. Yeah, I mean, you could do it anytime. It's just it's cheapest mm-hmm. every two 19, years. Yeah, it's something nineteen like, months or yeah. something. It, it's. Yeah, so Mars is right now 90 million miles away, roughly. So just like the sun, is about eight minutes. Mm-hmm. That's another thing with, with Mars is has to land without any feedback. <laughs> it it takes seven minutes to get down. Mm-hmm. Eight-minute delay. Yeah. At, you know, when we're, when we're far apart, it can be up to like 16 minutes or more. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, the things have to be programmed, have to be able to do things on their own and then you know you give them a new set of programs there's no joystick controlling mm-hmm. controlling an arm or anything like that um so that was cool we landed on mars what else 
was neat. Oh, so I did want to talk about this. Maybe we can bring this up in the show. Cheering. Cheers. Cheers. Prost. I'm, I'm not a fan. Salante. No? No. No? Bugs me. Okay, and why? Um, Insincerity? Or... It's a weird ritual that doesn't... I mean, I just want to drink my drink. Why are we doing this whole spiel thing? Fellowship. We can do fellowship by going like, hey, fist bump. Right? I mean, why do we need to do this whole thing and, and possibly spill beers and, and, and break glasses and, you know, whatever, especially with f- uh, giant full glasses? And I, I'm I'm a bit devil's advocate here, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm not, like, I'm not the guy that ever says, cheers! Right. Um, it, I mean, to me, it seems, it always seems, I don't know, if I was doing it, it would definitely feel forced, right? Right. It would, so I don't, but the other, I don't want to judge other people saying that it's forced. I mean, if that's what they feel, great. But, you know, where, where what was their experiences that made that, like, a good, like, the thing that forms friendships and stuff like that, you know, like, it tightens a friendship or... And, you know, I'd be okay with just cheers, mm-hmm. lift your glass thing, yeah. but the whole having to clink everybody... Especially when you can't reach everyone. Yeah, and you gotta make sure that you clink everyone, and it's just like, it's it's just a hassle that, that doesn't... Yeah, no, I'm mostly on your side with that, the kind of logistics of that, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's like... Oh, I didn't clink him. Do I make an extra effort to go right. back in? Yeah, you know, it's a little bit like the the question of you know you see somebody in the day at work, you're past somebody in the hall. I say hey, and then the second or third time, do you do you say hey? It's like what do you do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have that weird like, what's the social? If I say hey, am I being like too obnoxious? But if I don't say hey, am I not acknowledging? What's the Turn around, run the other way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've seen you three times already. Bye. Um. Oh, so that's something we can talk about on the show. Um, I want to. I doubt you've watched any Expanse. No, I haven't watched anything yeah. since our last show. I want to make this clear about the Expanse. What bugs me is. I thought you'd love it. I, I'm so I'm upset with myself because I'm like, I thought you, I really thought you'd love it, and it's like it 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 bugs me. Not it does. It's not your fault. Mm-hmm. It's it's me. I'm like, oh, but this. I what thought am was, I missing? This yeah. This this I thought was perfect. I thought I had it. It had all the stuff, and and I thought Jeff would really enjoy it, and he doesn't. And it's like my. I'm mad at myself because it's like I really thought mm-hmm. I really thought yeah. you'd like it. I can tell. Yeah, I can tell. I don't know. I I, I think it wasn't I'll... like you know just a uh, eh, it's okay. It was like no, I think you'll really enjoy this. I don't know what I'm missing. I'm I feel like I part of me feels like I need to go back and watch the earlier shit to kind of get more of the story. Part so of you me can do that if you want. Part to. of me feel, but but like then there's a part of me that's like every scene's in that same fucking spaceship and <laughs> well, yeah. and you know that that I don't know that bugs me for some reason. There's a lot of there are a lot of uh, of sets in in this thing, but again, I'm not going to force you to watch it. It's just yeah. 
not only did I think you'd like it, but I also thought there'd be so much to talk about because there's like one of the things that I love is when we have a show like this and we both are like spitting theories oh, yeah, and running back yeah. and forth and talking about this thing. It's like I thought this would be perfect because I really dig it and I really thought you would. And so it, it's bugging me. It's not your fault at all. Yeah. Don't blame well, yourself. Well, I got a new treadmill and I need a lot of things to watch to burn off the hours on the treadmill. So uh, right now I'm finishing a... A book on my Kindle, and after that, I was thinking about just trying to push, at, push at, the, at the moment trudge through <laughs> until it hooks me, right? Uh, yeah, and I wouldn't, you know, I don't want to, you know, at this point, I'm like, if Jeff doesn't like it, then I then it then just doesn't like it, so I'm not going to be angry or anything. <laughs> it's like, if you don't, it, I'm just going to be upset, I'm just going to remain upset. At Have you seen The Christmas Prince? What is The Christmas Prince? It's one of those Netflix is doing the Hallmark type Christmas movies uh, now. Well, Netflix is a whole bunch of they throw <laughs> a lot of shit out there. Into the, yeah. Um, I guess that's enough for now. We can uh, bring up other stuff in the post. Oh, I just realized today, uh, conservative guy at work, right? His daughters have unusual names: Avalon and Malia. And I'm just wondering, how much does that burn his biscuits <laughs> that he named his daughter? And then the president, you know, the, the liberal black president that he doesn't care for also has a daughter, Malia. It's just a name. I know, but I bet you it burns his biscuits. <laughs> Maybe it doesn't. 